Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Today, I have with me a special guest. Um, his name is Kayvon, and he's also known as the One Call Closer. And I felt that it was really important to have him on our show uh, because, you know, in lending, what we do is we make a bunch of phone calls, right? And we're always... Uh, trying to close for an appointment, close for a meeting, uh, clo close for a variety of reasons. So we have the one call closer on the phone and hopefully he's or on the line here and he's going to be able to um, help, hopefully give us some tips and trips. So let me give you a little background on Kayvon. He's one of the most efficient and sought after sales trainers in closing clients over the phone. Um, he's an international sales trainer and keynote speaker with over 20 years of closing experience. And he helps service providers close their high ticket sales over the phone within one call, even for those who hate selling. And of course we do in lending, we call it edu selling. Um, so he's helped thousands of people, um, you know, across a variety of uh, business lines in traditional sales tactics um, or against traditional sales tactics that sometimes don't work. So, um, Kayvon, welcome to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm tickled to have you on the show. Thank you so much uh, for having me. I'm always excited to be here. Great. Um, so let's first of all, because so you start talking in a few minutes, people are going to say, where is he from? He has an accent. And of course, from your perspective, you don't. Yeah. Uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually originated in Canada. So that's the Canadian accent you're hearing. And uh, I've had 20 plus years of sales experience. Um, started when I was 13 selling uh, furniture at a local furniture store. And uh, I actually was in mortgages for a bit. I was doing uh, recruiting for mortgage uh, house, one of the biggest ones in Canada now, independent mortgage brokers, uh, Dominion Lending Centers. I uh, actually did some real estate training uh, and I grew to become the number one sales uh, rep for the largest pharmaceutical company in, uh, in the 20 years. And now I've uh, created my own brand called the, uh, the, well, the media knows me as the one call closer. And it's uh, for high ticket selling. So selling high ticket offers over the phone, anywhere between five, to uh, $30,000 offers over the phone within one call. Awesome. Awesome. So, and you know, that's uh, very impressive with pharmaceuticals. You know, we used to recruit people in the mortgage business um, who sold pharmaceuticals because we knew that they had real strict training and, and I don't mean it's strict, you know, in the strict sense, but it was, it was very, uh, solid training skills, you know, and so a lot of people can learn our business, but not everybody can learn how to be a salesperson. So um, with that said, let's talk about um, 
you know, our, what we do and how you can help us. So, you know, mm -hmm. as you know, we, you know, as lenders, we're on the phone quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, we do a lot of face-to-face -face selling too, but we're on the phone quite a bit. And usually that, that um, entails two things. One, uh, well, I'll say three things. Um, maybe you can help us with the third one. The first is selling to clients, you know, convincing them that we're not a commodity and that we're, um, you know, better than just that much different and that much better than the next person down the line. And it's really hard to do that over the phone when what a client's looking for is price, 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 not advice, right? The second, the second is when uh, we're talking to real estate agents or referral partners and asking them uh, for a meeting with them or, you know, developing a relationship where we're saying, um, you know, I mean, it's either the cold call, the warm call because we got referred or it's a follow up phone call over time that we're just checking in and seeing how they're doing. And it just seems very salesy to us. And so a lot of people as a result don't make those phone calls. And then the last one would be, you know, just branching out just a little bit on making calls to corporations to introduce ourselves as a resource to their employees to come in to do lunch and learns and educate them on all things finance. So mm -hmm. there's three you know, really very distinct type of um, people. The HR people or the, the businesses aren't even thinking about us. Uh, the realtors are sick of us calling, <laughs> right? Everybody calls and the client just give me a rate because, mm -hmm. they, you know, we can't get past that facade of really there's more to a mortgage than just rate. So those, those are three different um, areas that really, um, amplify what we do on a regular basis. So we're turned down a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we want to know how do we, how do we get them to say yes, other than the uh, old traditional tactic of make 10 calls because all those 10 no's will lead to a yes. Yeah. So that's the, yeah. I mean, so now we're talking about uh, cold calling version, you know, that's a tactic of selling versus what, what I'm more about strategic selling. So okay. first and foremost, we have to understand and everyone has to understand that there's a huge difference between selling and closing. Mm -hmm. And you'll never be able to sell somebody over the phone or sell them into a mortgage. You got to close them into the mortgage. So selling, I'll tell you, you know, if we put it in, the, in a bigger picture is the world is filled with salespeople. Mm -hmm. but very few of them know how to close just like the world is filled with mortgage brokers, real estate agents. But again, the 80, 20 or, and I really believe it's more than 90, 10 rule where there's 10% of the mortgage brokers are making up 90% of, of the, of the mortgage. Of course they are. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's because they understand the art of closing, not selling. You see billions of people, they've had a dream, they have vision, they had a mission for something they love, but because they didn't develop the skill, the tools to close, or the art of closing, let's say, the dream dies, the idea dies, all because they couldn't get someone either get on that product or buy, the, buy that service or buy the idea until someone else comes by one day and picks up the same idea or that same skill. But who gets the credit? The dreamer or the closer? It's right. the closer. And, and, and through my, again, 20 years of experience, I've realized that the difference between a salesperson and a closer is the ones who can get to what I call is the critical exchange point. Okay. And that, and that critical exchange point is the point where you stop selling and you start acquiring. So you actually, you start getting that signature. You start getting the deal. You get either the client to say yes. You get the referral to agree to work with you. You get the corporations to allow you, you know, to, to walk into the office or 
to get in the office. You're not selling them how great you are. And I'll tell you, the, the biggest common mistakes I see salespeople make over the phone in my years is number one, they act like typical salespeople. <laughs> yeah. You can't act like a typical salesperson or you're going to get the C out of, you're going to take the C out of clothes, which is lose. Right. Lose. And, I, and I've seen it. You can't. So the biggest mistakes people make is they act like a salesperson. They are, they act very excited. Like, Hey, it's came on here from downtown mortgages. Let me tell you what you can get. It doesn't <laughs> right. work. Right. It doesn't, it does not work. They're at, they either ask for the sale way too early or way too late in the process. They, you know, typical salespeople, and I, and I say this, they don't listen. They talk, but they don't actually listen to, to what the prospect or the client or the referral or the corporation really needs or wants from you. They speak way too much or they sell their features and benefits. Tell them how great they are. No one gives a rat's ass about how great you they are or how great you are. Sorry. All they care about is the result they're looking for. Uh -huh. You know, so in order to qualify a client or referral, or like you said, the corporation, four things must happen. You must understand their needs. So uh -huh. what are their needs? And we're not talking, I'll get a little bit more deeper into that about the pains, uh, but you got to understand their needs. You got to understand the urgency it, it, you know, if you're looking for clients, are they looking or do they need a mortgage right away? Uh -huh. If they're looking, it's a different conversation than someone who needs it yesterday. And you have to, as a closer, even a salesperson, you have to identify that and know who you're speaking to. Yeah, that's Remember, kind of interesting right there. I mean, just an interesting point, because I think people in our industry, what we do is that when we answer the phone, we start diving into sort of our plan for how this call is going to go and, and not really thinking about, and I do hear loan officers say, um, you know, so are you thinking about buying now, 30 days, et cetera, but it's only in, maybe in their mind, I guess if I asked that question, I would be thinking, am I, am I going to be working with you today and earning money today? Or am I going to earn money later, but not as a strategic move in how I'm going to handle that conversation. So I think you bring up a good point there. Well, yeah, absolutely there. Um, and I agree with you on that one is a lot of us get stuck in our one way of selling. Selling the people who don't want to buy is a complete waste of time. Selling the people who aren't the decision makers are a complete waste of time. Mm -hmm. And saying the pitch over and over becomes redundant. It becomes boring and you're going to burn out. You cannot, there's right. not one. Okay. So number oh, three. Sorry, yeah. Oh. yeah, no worries. So we have need, no, urgency, money. If okay. they don't have money to move, if they don't, if they don't have money to buy a house, they're not getting a mortgage. They, they, they can't buy a mortgage or get a mortgage. Right? right. So there's no point in talking to broke people. Right. And I can talk about this later if we get more on the consulting yeah. talk. And then also I said earlier is the decision maker. Are you speaking to the decision maker? Giving a pitch to the gatekeeper is not going to get you the deal. That's going to help you sell. We're not here looking to sell. You're looking to close. That's a huge difference is, mm -hmm. are you speaking to the decision maker? There's no point in saying anything. And you, like, you never give any information unless you deemed a profitable reason for doing so. Mm -hmm. so. Let me say that again. Never give any information over the phone unless you deemed a profitable reason for doing so. And if you're speaking to a decision, uh, to a gatekeeper or to an assistant and not the decision maker, that is not a profitable reason for giving any information. Right. Okay. See, I'll tell you, there's, there's okay. a quote that I just love. It's called, people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. 
Right. Right. So you can't sell them. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's, yeah. There's so much. Sorry. I did. I, you got, no, 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 no. I'm taking notes. I forgot taking to say, notes. when you get me going, I'm going to go. <laughs> no, it's that's okay. Happen. I'm uh, yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm like that too. So no, I was just taking, uh, I was taking notes. I'd, I'd like to, um, it's interesting because I, uh, you wrote down some, something about closing. Uh, I was, I was thinking about the closing, you don't want to be, you don't want to be selling, you want to be closing. And, uh, you know, in our industry, we're talking, we talk to realtors a lot and, we know, I know a lot of realtors who are on the selling side and the selling side, not the buying side. So they work with sellers and they call themselves listing agents. Sometimes they call themselves selling agents. And I remember several years ago, I used to tell them, I say, are you a listing agent or are you a selling agent? Because to me, those were two different things. One in, in a little backwards in this context here, but you know, there are a lot of people who can list a home and have a bunch of homes on the market, but are they closing? Are you actually exactly. selling them? Right. So it's the same mm -hmm. concept as, Oh, I have a whole bunch of, uh, a lot, a lot of listings. I've got 30 listings on the market, but are you selling them? Well, are you closing them again? So let me, let me explain. Here's a great, here's a great way I can explain this. Selling a home is doing the open house is going yes. out to the market and saying, this house is for sale. Look at how beautiful the foyer is. Ooh, the backyard. That's selling. Yep. That's what that's what ninety percent of the people do. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be the top mortgage broker, if you want to be the top real estate agent, you don't sell it. You close it. You get yeah. the contract. You get the signature. You get the buyer to to commit to it. Only then is the critical exchange where you're exchanging a service, a product. In this case, you're exchanging the home for a value for a dollar. Right. Right. And not many people even get to that point. You know how many salespeople get on the phone, they don't even ask for the clothes. They don't even get to the clothes. Yeah, and that's a question I was going to ask you about is what your opinion was on that. So we'll definitely get to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know there's a lot that don't, um, or they ask too early, as you mentioned. Um, they yeah, ask so, the wrong time, so they ask once. Yeah. Three objections I'm sure you've heard. First one, oh, that sounds really great. Let me think about it. Mm -hmm. Hi, I, your prices are too high. Mm -hmm. or, or let me run this by my partner before I can make a decision. Yeah. There, there's a reason. There's a reason why you've heard those three objections. And those reasons I did allude to before is there's several reasons is you're overselling. You're mentioning the price way too early or too late. You haven't created the authority for yourself before. So we call it the pre-sale, mm -hmm. right? Or you've not shown the value to the prospect or have right. gone to the need of the prospect. Right. So let's, let's talk about, and I agree with you on all of those. So let's talk about that because it is, it is something that is a sales issue. It's not a mortgage issue specifically. It's a sales issue. And that is, I call it the throwing up effect, but you can, you can call it whatever you want. We come in with a big box of tools, you know, and there's, there's thousands of tools in this box and dump it out on the floor. And then we try to find a needle in a haystack for the right tool rather than assessing, listening, right? Listen to understand. It's not just listening. It's listening to actually understand, which means you have to pay attention. Um, assessing what their needs are, as you're saying in step one, and then reaching into the toolbox and pulling out the proper tool. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay. Selling is 80% listening and 20% speaking. Yeah. And so, and then I want you to write this down, but, but everyone knows the 80, 20 rule, but very few people actually understand what that 20% represents, whatever it is in people's different businesses. In this case, 
And what I do over the phone, how I sell over the phone and close over the phone is 80% is listening. That 20% is speaking. That 20% is asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get to the bottom line. To okay. Get, to get to the most important, which is a pain. Right. I was just going to say, is that the pain? Yeah. Getting that, to the pain pro- point. That, that is the most important is the okay. level of pain. Okay. And the bigger, the bigger the pain or the bigger the problem, the bigger the opportunity. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. If, if you're astute enough to see it, if you're astute enough to see it. So let's walk through the four. Is it possible that we could walk through the four steps um, in an example of a sale, a selling situation where we're calling a real estate agent? Um, and I would say generally loan officers aren't calling cold. They're probably calling warm, but we could certainly address both. Yeah. So there's so much we can go into because first and foremost, what I do again is I'm not selling, I'm closing. And and why I'm saying that is when you call somebody, you're a salesperson, Mm -hmm. but when they call you, you're an expert. Bingo. Yeah. Very key. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's one of the, in in my training, that is what I teach Mm -hmm. people is they call you, you don't, there's, there's, there's the, there's information selling, right? So, um, or, or what do you want to call it? Strategic selling, uh, tactical selling where you go and you put your bench ad out there, you put your, you put an ad out on Facebook and that's kind of interrupt selling. And then there's information selling where someone is going in your local area and is looking for a mortgage broker and you come up and you Mm -hmm. come up as the authority and Mm -hmm. you come up as an expert and you come up as the only as the only mortgage broker that anyone should be even dealing with in the area because you're going to get the best rate. You're going to give the best service and they know buying a home. We all know this is one of the biggest investments. Most people make the average person, the biggest investment they'll ever make is their home. It's very emotional. It's a very stressful time for them and they do not, if you can get to a pain again. So let's, let's talk about the pains because we keep saying pain. I want you, I want people to fully, really understand that there's three levels of pain. There's a surface pain, there's a financial pain, and then there's the personal pain. So let's, let's, let's talk about the surface pain as a mortgage broker. I'm a mortgage broker and I can't close people over the phone. I can't even get a client or even a referral to work with me. That's a surface pain. That's a surface. You'll never sell on that. You'll never motivate anybody when they're on that level. Right. The the second pain is as a result of not being able to get my clients, as a result of not knowing how to do lead generation, as a result of not knowing how to close people, I'm now not making money. So now I can't afford my bills. Uh On that, you can move on. You, you You can sell, maybe close people on that. But that personal pain is as a result of not understanding the tools or the resources or even know how to get a referral or even close my first client, I am now not making money. And as a result of not making money, I have lost my confidence. My wife is about to leave me. I can't look at my kids in the eye. Uh I don't feel good anymore. I'm losing. I have fear building up. That is, that's the personal pain. Right. So is that, so that's the pain. So let's turn that turn that table a little bit and let's talk about that as a customer, you know, as a client who comes to us, um, with, with the surface versus the financial and the personal, um, mm-hmm. pain. It obviously um, the most prominent one that comes to mind because I'm a certified divorce lending specialist is the fact that someone 
has to refinance because they're going to stay in the house because they're getting a, a divorce. You know, they, yeah. they've got all of that kind of built in, but th that's kind of few and far between ironically, even though. Yeah. So, so like, like, that's a great example though. A divorcee, yeah. uh, uh, um, either it's a man or a wife, uh -huh. you know, let's call, let's go single mom divorcee who refuses, refuses to leave her home that her children have grown up in because her man cheated on her, her man's an arsehole and left her. Right. And refuses to, to, you know, take her kids out of that home, but I doesn't, you know, know what to do. And the mortgage broker walks in. What does the mortgage broker talk about? Loans. Exactly. <laughs> do you think <laughs> right. that that mother gives a rat's ass about loans or about nope. the percent? What nope. do they care about? Keeping their kids in the house because there's an emotional attachment to that. I, 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 and what else? Let's go deeper. What is going to happen if they Can move? She afford, well, oh, if she moves, she can't afford it, first she of all. Can't, if she moves, she has to move. She has to let her kids down. Oh, yeah. Now, and she, the imagine, lifestyle won't be there. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? How are you going to be able to look at your kids in the eye knowing you've took them out of your house? Mm -hmm. I couldn't even, I do not want that. Not on my clock. That is not going to happen. We are going to do everything in our power. You and I are going to work together. Now, listen, Mrs. Mrs. Jones, not going to be easy. As we know that your, you know, your income isn't, you know, as strong as we need it to be. Your line of credit just took a huge, or your credit rating just took a hit, but I'm going to do everything in my best service to make sure that your kids have the same bed and the same roof to sleep under. Yeah. Yep. That's my number one goal. Yeah. And I think, you know, rather than thinking that if someone is thinking that, right, because there are, I mean, the people that are listening to our podcast are, are, um, you know, up leveling themselves and many are certified mortgage planners. So we're just a little bit different breed. I think we think might think that, but not say it. You yeah. Know? So again, I don't know why, you know, I guess, because they haven't gotten the proper training. Correct. Right? I don't know how to say it, and, right? I'm and they, oh, they don't know how, how to say, say it. it. Right. Right. So that means you have to, again, if you want to be a mortgage, again, we're not talking about an average mortgage broker or an average real estate agent or even an average salesperson or consultant mm -hmm. or coach or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If you're talking to me, you, you've already made that claim that you want to be one of the best. You're going to be the, be the best. Mm -hmm. and, and what you need to understand is there's an art of closing. There's an art of selling. And there's something that we call also the psychology of sales. And you have to study it and you have to know it because closing is just a psychology. Yeah. It's getting people from a pain that they're in and bridging the gap from where they don't want to be to where they want to be. What I call it is taking them from the hell. So I don't know if I can swear, sorry, the hell <laughs> to the promised land. Mm -hmm. And there's ways that we can do that. And one of the most effective ways we can do that is again, the, is we say is the 20% is listening, but deeper down is asking the right questions. Uh -huh. And yeah. there's three reasons why you would ask a question. Because I see a lot of people asking these questions. They're not even, they don't even they don't care even to care ask about the answer. Yeah, they I don't even care about the answer. They're just asking because they think they, you will never be able to develop a real relationship. The ones who can develop a relationship fast and quick and I'm not talking about a surface relationship. I'm talking about a personal relationship mm -hmm. and get them to trust you, not because you're a mortgage broker and you have the best rates. No, because they know that you have their best interest yes. in your hands. There's only three reasons why you'd be asking questions. Number one is discovery. And this is you're Correct. getting the information you need required so you can close the sale at the end. Yeah. As soon as possible. 
-hmm. Number two is control. The person asking the questions with them with with keyword with finesse mm-hmm. can direct and will lead the conversation to the end result fast. The moment you lose control of the conversation, you lose control of the sale. You will have no close. The one who's asking the questions is in control. And number three, you're going to ask questions for motivation. There has to, the client, the prospect, customer, whoever it is, has to have a motivation. That goes back to that, the needs and the urgency. There right. has to be, and it could be discovered or it could be created. The prospect needs to get involved and they need to get excited in order to get that right away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that sort of gets what that's doing is starting to get us into the consultative sale approach, you know, which is more than three steps, but a consultative sale approach in in the discovery. And um, I mean, again, this is, you know, I I always share this idea and I'm, I'm just sharing saying the same thing you're saying, I'm just going to share it a little bit different. It's like going into a doctor's office and they take your temperature. They asked you one question, one discovery. They take, they took your temperature They didn't ask you any questions. And then they wrote a prescription for cancer. (laughs) Yeah. Right. There was not enough discovery. There was not enough control on saying, let's get the test results back. Let me do an analysis. Let me, um, you know, let me, uh, well, in our business, it's different. You're sort of guilty until proven innocent mm-hmm. uh, with paperwork, right? Yeah. So we have to we have to send things out for test results. We have to look and analyze the the papers and documents you send us, and that might prompt but, us. But to what do are you doing tests. in between that? What are you What are you doing in between that? Yeah. Well, and that's. Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, that unfortunately in lending, there's a little bit of a process. So that that's after they've decided to already work with us. You know, they've already decided to work with us, but there is still some of that discovery that has a lot of discovery that has to happen on the telephone where we have to, you know, sort of get through the the process of understanding what, you know, all of these, all of these parts, what their needs are. Tell me about your buying plans. What, what are your plans? Are you buying today? Are you buying tomorrow? Why are you buying? Where's the need, you know, need come from and how do you plan to pay for down payment? And, you know, I've had many of conversations with clients that say, well, you know, my credit's pretty bad. I don't have any money. I'm living with mom and dad to save money, even though they haven't saved any money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I have to get out of the house because I, I can't stand being with them. Well, I don't know how I can help you in that case. Well, right? well I mean, that's, again, that goes, yeah. I mean, anybody working with that client, you're going to, you're in a world of hurt and pain and you're going to always be on that hamster wheel. Yeah. Oh, that oh, totally. is not the client you want to work with. Leave those people for Tony Robbins. That's what I always say to people. Leave that. <laughs> like, leave them for Tony Robbins. That's not what you do. And again, that's not what I do. So if you want to be average, go be average. Go deal yep. with those people. Well, that's but, the lack of being able to say what we call in the, in our in the lending business. The four letter word in lending is next. Next. Okay. It's okay yeah. to say next. Move See, on. It is, it, it's 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 a powerful next is another way of I say one of the most powerful things you can say as a business owner. And that's what mortgage brokers are, your business owners. Yeah. So don't forget that. Um, is is no. They're the power of saying no. Yeah. That there's a lot of power. Because you see, here's the thing is people buy, they're only people will always buy because they either have a present or a future need that mm-hmm. is causing them some discomfort, some pain, some aggravation, or something more. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why they buy or they sell. Like perfect example we use the wife, you know, husband leaves wife. She's now in a bind. She, she's in a present discomfort. She's in a uh-huh. present pain. She is a buyer. Right. The key right. is 
how do you get to those buyers? And we are, we're talking about selling, but we haven't, and this isn't about, I know this, this isn't the conversation for this right now, but is what does your lead generation look like? Yeah. Right. How many, how many people do you know in the mortgage industry? Cause I sit when I was a real estate trainer and I worked with mortgage brokers, it's the exact same thing. I know they don't like to say they're the exact same, but it's the exact, but it is. Yeah. The exact same business. You're just selling a different product. Yeah. And, and I see come, and this is, this is, this is what I see. We come into January and our credit bills, credit card bills come in and we go, Oh my God, what do we got to do? We, they start working. And why? Cause what are they doing in December? They work half as much, but they spent twice as much. Mm-hmm. So they come into January and they start, what do they start doing? The one thing they start doing, they start prospecting. Yeah. They start picking up the phones, doing whatever they got to do. And they start filling the funnel. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the funnel starts filling up and your business starts growing. Now this is when you're doing the signing, the listing presentation, the buying presentations in the mortgage world, you're, you know, you're presenting the percentages, whatever it might be. And, and then all of a sudden you say to yourself, well, business is good. I'm going to stop doing what? The oh, one yeah. thing that got you busy. And now your business slowly starts to grow a little bit more because now you're getting actually the commission checks coming in until you wake up one day and now it's the middle of March and you ask yourself, well, what do I got to do today? And all of a sudden it's like, it's over. It's like someone shut off the taps. Nobody gone. And, and I get my best material from real estate and mortgage brokers. They say this, anyone who's worked as hard as I have in the last two to three months deserves a Break. break. So what do they do? They go spend their commission check. They go to Vegas or they go to Bahamas or wherever it is. Then they come back and panic and desperation and hate their customers, hate their lives. Then they go back to, you know, on another European trip. And it's just this, this roller coaster. And at the end of the year, mortgage brokers say, I want to be a real estate agent because the prices of homes are better. And real estate agents are saying, I want to be a mortgage broker because the interest rates are better. Right. <laughs> no, I know right. it's a vicious circle. I talk about it all the time. And it's not even a roller coaster. It's peaks and valleys. You know, a roller coaster with the ebb and flow of business is, is acceptable. Peaks and valleys, a whole different thing. Well, it's so, feast or famine, right? Like it's oh, a, yeah. 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 And that's something that we're all working, you know, everybody in our industry is working on, you know, is how do we get that consistency coming in? And, you know, part of that there's, consistency is. There's never been an easier time. There's yeah. never been an mm-hmm. easier time to become a mortgage broker or a real estate agent and have consistent leads always driving to your business without you ever having to pick up a cold call, without you ever having to going to open houses or, or meeting people for coffee. Like yeah. that, that gone are the days of that. Now there are great effective old school mortgage brokers, real estate agents that continue to do that and they're successful but they are sure they are putting their time, energy, and effort in for that. Right. It's, well, I was going to say, you know, you must be listening to me a lot because not that you're listening to podcasts, but just, you know, you're in the room with me somewhere because we talk about this all the time is, um, you know, this cold calling, this concept I've never done. First of all, I've never done and I never will do the concept of cold calling. I'll never, ever pick up the phone and just cold call people. It's um, intro marketing. It, 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 it's again, just, it works, it but it is painful. And it just, I've done it for 10 years and it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same thing as what's going on with Zillow. You know, we have real estate agents coming to us constantly and saying, hey, pay half for Zillow, half for Zillow. I'd rather spend the five hours that I'm going to be fielding a bunch of looky lows in taking one of my referral partners to dinner. Mm. And, and developing a relationship with them. I'd rather mm. spend that kind of time um, mm. 
you know, than doing that. But let's, so let's talk about, um, because one of the things I want to get back to is like this needs assessment and, um, you know, the pet, the present or the future pain. So what are some suggestions that you have on how we can um, discover those, those pains other than saying, so tell me, mm-hmm. um, you're in pain. Is it now or will it be in the future? So well, that, that, that goes back to eloquently do it. Yeah. That goes back to asking the right, the, the questions with finesse, right? Yeah. Yep. Now that there's many types of questions, there's the open and close ended questions. Yep. There's the right and close ended questions. You'll never get answers out of that. They, they, they do not work. There's the negative positive questions as the opposite direction questions. There's, yep. there's the, I don't know questions and there's much more. Right. So close ended questions is, is that you got a yes or no type of response, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Is this the kind of, are you looking for a mortgage? Yes or yes. no. Right. That mm-hmm. that's, doesn't do anything. That's a close ended question. An open ended question would be like, Oh, what are the three reasons you're looking for a mortgage or why now? Why is looking for a mortgage important to you right now? Mm-hmm. Right. That's more of an, but the real powerful, the most powerful questions you can ask are what we call, and this is how you keep control is what we call the redirection question. And this is where you answer a question with another question in order to gain that control. And you can continue the discovery process. What you're asking for is how do we get to those pains by using redirect questions, redirect questions, allow you to make constant control of the sales conversation the whole way through. It's one of the most powerful techniques and methodologies I use in my high ticket selling. So an example would be Mr. Prospect. That's a great question. If you don't mind me asking why, why is it so important for you to keep your house or why is it so important for you to make sure you have a mortgage in the next 24 hours, 24 days, whatever that pain is out there, they're in. Why is it? Why are you looking at, if you don't mind me asking, why are you looking now? What's going on in your life or in your situation that that's prompt you to start looking for a mortgage? They'll tell you if you Uh use the redirection questions with finesse, see the poker, see what happens is, the prospects, they're like poker players. They keep, their, they keep their poker hands very close to their chest. The prospects are unwilling sometimes, or in many cases, to be forthright in their answers to, to, the, to the questions. So you have to understand that you, you might have to ask the question once, twice, three, or four times to get the truth. Mm-hmm. And that is what you really need to really qualify the prospect and to be able to offer them. How can I serve you? Again, if you're authentically wanting to be the best because it's not just about having the great commission, a great commission and having that lifestyle is a result of being a authentic mortgage broker who actually wants to help people get in their, get in their homes, get into their, you know, their investment properties with the best price, with the best serve. And if you really authentically want that to happen, then you need to understand them. You need to be able to connect with them. You need to be able to identify where they are, and where do they dream to be? Right, right. And it's not, and I'll tell you, people will pay more percentage on a mortgage if you do this right. It's not, you, you said it's all about price. It isn't all about price unless you believe it is. Right. Well, I, t- I totally don't think it's about price. <laughs> yeah. I totally, I never do. I never, uh, never lead with price. That's the last question I ask. I'm all about the discovery, you know, and trying to find the motivation. Okay. So let's just kind of recap a little bit of what we talked about. So there's, there's four, um, 
closing, uh, what did you say? Clo no, you no, 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 no. There's four, there's four major things, let's call them, that you things. must, you, there's more, there's four major things you need to qualify a customer. Okay. Right. To make sure like, so again, we're, yeah. again, we're not wasting our time with everybody. We're not wasting with the time with the, with that guy yeah. who's sitting at home on government assistance and has no chance of getting a mortgage, just a okay. waste. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So four things to qualify. Yeah. To qualify is their needs. Yep. Urgency. The urgency. Again, urgency is huge. If they're just mm -hmm. looking, that's great, but it's a different conversation. It's a mm -hmm. different relationship building, right? Second yeah. one is money. In your case, yeah. can they get the money, yeah. right? Do they have the money? Can they get the money? Do they have the down payment? Right. And number and four just, is, are they the decision maker? Right. Are you, are you meeting for coffee with the wife, but really the husband is the end decision maker? Yeah. And she's going to go sell a mortgage and all the details to him. Um, so, so, so let me ask you, let me, let me give you, let me give your, your audience a little goodie here. Cause somebody might say, I get that all the time. I always get, Oh, I need to speak to my spouse. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me tell you how you address that. First, if you get to the end of the conversation and you find that out, you haven't done your job. Hey, so right. you got to get that fixed. That's but, an excuse. Yeah. That's that you just haven't qualified them enough and you didn't, that's your fault, not theirs. But if you get to that point, this is the most powerful thing you can use. So in my case, I'm selling $20,000 pro you know, products, but you're selling a mortgage. So let's call it, what do you think your wife or your partner is going to say? Or I actually say, how long have you been married? Or how long have you been with your partner? Oh, okay. Uh -huh. 10 years, 15, two years. After 10 years, what do you think your wife is going to say when you tell her you want to refinance the house and get a mortgage for a half a million dollars? She's probably going to think you're crazy. And then naturally have a lot of questions. Uh, you think it'd be more effective if we, we set up a three-way call? Yeah. So that we can address those questions to that decision maker? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But see, I think, you know, it should have been done in the beginning, but I think this is a great way to do it at the end, you know, if it, if it wasn't properly set up. Because I think mm -hmm. uh, before I have a conversation with someone or before I sit down and talk with people and spend an hour speaking with them, right? And you're talking about on the phone. So we, we're talking different conversation. We're talking a hook versus, you know, divulging everything on the phone. Um, everything I'm talking yeah. about today, though, is either done on the phone or done. I use it on the phone. I use it on stage and I use mm -hmm. it in person. Yeah. I'm, I'm more, again, specific on the phone, but creating needs, understanding urgency. Oh, all that, of that is on That the is phone. all very important when sitting down with a potential client. Of course. Yeah. I'm saying that when we get to the point where someone says, you know, I need to talk to my husband, et cetera, that's going to be more likely a phone conversation in my world mm -hmm. because I'm not going to sit down and spend an hour and a half with someone if I don't have the decision maker with Yeah. Me. Well, you know that and you yeah. understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so let me tell you this is, you know how you know you've done a great job in the sales process to get to the post? No. Tell us. When the prospect is thanking you, you yes. never of course. ever thank them for doing business. You don't thank them. Thank you for giving me your money. No, no. You say, congratulations. I look forward to working with you. Mm, interesting. Yeah. You never thank them. Do you go, do you, did you go to the doctor and thank your doctor when you leave? Uh, depends on how sick I was, <laughs> right? But that goes to this too, this pain, right? I mean, that's gonna, you know, if there's, if there's a true pain and I was able to truly, truly solve it. And I think in any case that's going to happen, you know, if someone says, thank you so much. What do I owe you? And I say, oh, I wish you could pay me, but you can't pay me for my consultation with you. Unfortunately, all we can do is, you know, 
I get paid when you close on a loan. I mean, that's yeah. the bottom line, you know? Um, but yeah, I do think my doctor, if, you know, I, they've done something that's great. I mean, I, I definitely do, but I, I understand what you're saying about this, this concept because it puts you in a, especially in our, I, I actually, I said it actually the opposite is your, does your doctor, I said it really opposite is because you're the prospect. Does your, da- does your doctor thank you for coming into the office? No, no. Exactly. Right. That's, that's why when I, I, I just, yeah. uh, was a reverse. That's okay. That's but, okay. But, yeah. That's but okay. yeah. Like, and that's, and that's it. And that's a huge thing. Again, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That's a typical salesperson. Mm-hmm. That's also being too excited. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. It doesn't, the, the consumer, the prospect nowadays is, is they're very educated. Yeah. And then, and, and the power is not in the closer in the seller's hand anymore. It's in the prospect's hand. So in order to gain that power, in order to gain control, of the sales process to get to the close, you gotta understand psychology of sales. You have to understand that it's not about being a traditional salesperson. It's asking the questions to gain discovery, the control, to gain that motivation. It's using questions like redirect questions, which is the most powerful technique you can use. It's understanding the pains. It's being able to give them, be able to bridge them from the pain they're in to the promised land or the dream that they want. Right. And most people are like, oh, these people don't dream. They just need a mortgage. No, they have dreams. Oh, they do. There, it's all there. There's reasons why they're moving. I mean, we all have, you know, you have to find small. that out. Yeah. Well, and I do think that's really important. I mentioned that. I think before, you know, it's, uh, I had a client, I mean, just to give you an example of, of really understanding what their needs are. It's not that it can't be on the surface. It needs to be all three, you know, concepts of surface, you know, the surface financial and personal is I had a client who said, you know, I, I think I'm going to be in my house for maybe five or seven years. I'm not going to be in very long. My intent is that we're going to move uh, because we can't find a home that's going to fit our budget. We know that we can't fit a home that's going to fit our budget today. So it's going to be sort of a temp- a band-aid, you know, band-aid solution. Okay, fine. So we, we discussed talking about adjustable rate mortgages, went down that road, um, et cetera. And then when they got the contract, they got the contract. I said, tell me about the house. Um, you know, because it doesn't stop when you just get them to say yes to you. It's a, it's a continuum. And I said, tell me about the house. And I said, oh my gosh, the kitchen is bigger than we ever thought. The yard is so big. The kids are going to absolutely love it. And immediately said, again, because I'm listening to understand, right? I immediately said, hold on here. Wait a minute. Sounds like you might be in this house longer than you think. And maybe we need to come back and have a discussion about whether or not an adjustable rate mortgage is going to be the best for you. Because I don't want you to fall in love with this house, have enough room when previously you said you didn't, uh, that you didn't think you would, that you now have enough room and you're moving along and this loan bites you in the tush. Mm. And so let's have a discussion about whether or not you want to take a, a take on a you know more permanent solution, um, and ultimately they ended up going with the arm. The key is I'm presenting these things to them so that I, they don't come back to me and say you should have said, and I mm. didn't know you know. So mm. I, I'm I'm using that as an example of saying that you know they're sometimes during the buying process, especially in lending, because there's a, a period of time you know sometimes 60 days, sometimes way longer. Um, their needs and their pains change, so I think it's really prudent. Um, for us to be um, aware, aware of that, Present. aware of that, but also bringing it back to the table. So that anytime we have conversations, you know, so let me just make sure that we're still on the same page because they must have, they may have fallen off the page. 
you know, from our original discussion because we're just taking them out and showing them something totally different. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're all still on the same page through the whole process. So I just wanted to mention that as well. So as we, as we kind of wind down, wind down here, I want to ask you um, maybe two questions. I'm not real sure how it's going to kind of pan out, but um, the first is you had mentioned about, you know, um, salespeople not asking for the business or uh, when to ask for the business. Cause, so can you give us some insight on, on your thoughts on, um, I, I think what really happens is that most people assume that because they do a good job, they will get referrals. And that's not true. And I think they assume that when they meet with a real estate agent, for example, and they had a great coffee, um, you know, coffee talk and, you know, they, they got to know each other really well and they, you know, really like each other. They walk away thinking, okay, well, they know what I do. So they should be sending me business. The problem is they don't know who they are. They know what they do, but they don't know who they are, which makes them a commodity rather than a colleague. And um, so what are your thoughts on how to broach that? Because everyone, I know everyone sits in these meetings and go, now, no, not now. Yeah. Okay, so no. again, you're really not in the mindset. Like yeah, again, here's, here's what I can tell you. Because I was just looking at the other thing was we talked a lot about the clients, but we're, we really didn't even talk about referrals. So here, right. here's what I was already thinking before you mentioned that is if you go into a referral meeting, even if you go into it with a client and the only thing you're focused on is your sale, is your, is, is your commission check, you will fail. Over time, you will fail. You might get the one or the two, but you will never, ever get into that top five or top 1% because it's not about you. It's about them, even with the referral. When you, I, you know how many people I come to me and they try to sell me on how great they are so they can use me, they, I use them as a referral? Why don't you ask what I need from you? Mm-hmm. Right. Give first. Mm-hmm. Give the lead first. Hey, Mr. Real Estate, if you know, again, it's your, you got to figure out who the ones you want to work with. Can't yeah. work with everyone. Correct. You got to work with, I would, I would honestly say, you, I don't know what the rule is in the mortgage world, that, 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 but I, in my head, I know I want to work with one, two, or three. And I want to work with the top three best ones if I was a mortgage broker. Mm-hmm. And I'd have a unique relationship with each and every one of them. And it would be a long-term relationship and it would be based on service. And the way you build that is based on being able to provide them value first. Yeah. Everyone is in, everyone is sitting there with their hands out taking, but no one's actually ever really sitting there with their hands out giving. If you really are and want this to be the long-term game, you've got to give first. You've got to bring that referral partner a referral to sell a home first before you get their referral. If you really want to build trust. Yeah. When I was in the, when I was in the farm, let me just explain when I was in the yeah. pharmaceutical industry, we're, we're talking about price. It is solely, solely based on price, especially where I was in Canada. It's called in the generics. It's the exact same price, the exact same color, exact same everything. There's no reason why they would do business with me other than because they just simply like me. You right. got to become a likable person. And the reason why they like me, I just showed up more. I created a relationship. I didn't ask. When I moved into the new territory, the company sent me out into British Columbia. There was an 11% uh, market share. That, 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 just put it, that, put it in terms, it, it's a horrible market share. The, right. average, the average in all the other places was like 28, 30%. My first year, I didn't ask for anything. I showed up weekly, constantly, just bringing value, adding value. How can I help you? Then the next year I asked, and you know what? 
they gave. And within literally within two years, it went from 11% market share to 36% market share. Yeah. And at that point, I was living the life that people wish they lived. I was working one day a week. I would just pick up the phone and talk to my prospect, my customers, because I built that relationship. People go to that one coffee shop and they have that amazing meeting and then that is it. Mm-hmm. And they wonder why. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. Can you imagine, would you, could you marry somebody if you right. met with them on one meeting and then never called them? You right. think they'd be sitting at the altar with you? It takes time. It's like, it's literally, it's like building a relationship with the one you love. You yeah. have finesse. You got to put in your time. You got to put in your energy. You got to put in value. You got to show them why they want to work with you. It's a hard thing. A lot of people have egos. I don't mind saying it. A lot of mortgage brokers, you know how many people I've dealt with so many sales people, so many real estate agents and mortgage brokers. And the one thing that stops them from really achieving the mass results they want is themselves. And they don't realize that everything you get. So if you're a mortgage broker right now and you're struggling, you need to, if you don't mind me speaking to your audience, I'm going to You need to understand all the results you're getting in your life, whether that is with your mortgage, with your business, with your friends, with your family, with your spirit, is just a direct reflection of what's going on in the inside. So if you really want to get to that next level, you need to change the inside first, and then the results will come. Yeah. Not the other way around. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of my guests is going to be... um Steve Scanlon, who is the CEO of Rewire, and it's all about rewiring your your mind and mm-hmm. becoming uh, not less about your IQ and more about your EQ, yeah, or your IQ. You know, we can use them interchangeably. Yeah, but your emotional intelligence is huge, huge, and and that really comes from within inside. You know, from inside. So, um, I love the practical. Um, steps that you have here for us that you've laid out for us. You've given us, um, you know, nice, a great layout so that we can remember even, gosh, you know, if you're listening to this, just create a piece of paper that says needs and then urgency and then money and then decision. And then just ask open-ended, closed-ended and redirected questions around each of those until you get the answers that you need, because you may not get the answer, um, from a redirect question and you might not get it from an open-end question either. So you have to re-ask the question a different way. Cause I, I've had to do that several times, you know, maybe they didn't understand the question. Maybe they in a different direction when I asked the question and I had to pull it back and say, okay, let me ask that question again, but it in, in a different way. So I love that, that, um, we have a plan, uh, to get there, uh, that we're focusing not on being sales people. And I think, I think we don't want to be that we want to be good quality people, but we feel that people think we're salesy because we just don't know, um, you know what to say. I mean, how, well, I'm how like a salesperson. Like everything yeah. you know about typical sales, just throw it out the door. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't work. And I think, I think the most powerful thing that, that uh, I learned on this call is that when they, and I know this, but I never had this perspective on it for some reason, but when you're calling them, you're a salesperson and when they're calling you the expert, so you're, you the, know, expert. you're the expert. Mm-hmm. And that's why my business is 100% referral. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want the Zillow phone calls. I don't want those types of things. And I will not make cold calls. So no. um, I live in that world where I, I'm on the receiving side of it, thankfully. But if, you're, if you don't want to sound salesy, then don't make that cold call. Now, certainly call your clients. 
that you already wow. have. So that's a different. That's a relationship that's a call. That's a relationship yeah. call. Don't say, "Oh, I heard Jen say, don't make outgoing calls." <laughs> no, that's not. If, if anyone heard that, then you shouldn't even be listening to this podcast because that's yeah, it. Uh, yeah, the reality is, you just said it. You're going to make those outbound calls to your prospects. You should be making them weekly, monthly, always yes. being in touch with them. But when you're on that sales process, we're talking about trying to get to the close. You're, you're, you've done the pre-sale. You've done all that. They now should be calling you. They are booking an appointment with you because yep. you're the expert. Yeah. And I've, I've said this before. It's the difference between being on demand and being in demand. Um, and that's, that's really what, what we're talking about here. Okay. So what would you like to leave us with? We're all listening in. We're hearing what you're saying. And what would you love to leave us with? Whoa, that's a powerful, that's I know a it is. really powerful question. It really I, is. Wow. What I would say then here is it, it, it's literally in the sense of this mortgage broker world is understanding this is there has never been an easier time to have consistent referrals and to be able to have the skills, the tools, the resources to get the referrals on a monthly basis and to close them. There are people there are coaches, there are consultants out there for you to create the dream life you want. You just need to give yourself the permission to walk through the door. You yeah. cannot have what I have or what they have if you don't give yourself that permission to walk through the door. Yeah, I think that's great. That's absolutely great because it's there for the taking. So don't, it, lean, don't lean back, lean in. Go for yeah, it. Absolutely. Another and, thing I always say is live like someone left the gate open. You know, do you ever mm -hmm. seen a horse? You never seen horses or sheep or whatever. Sometimes you leave the gate open. They all kind of stand around going, what the heck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> like someone left the gate open. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you gotta, I, there's so many people I see. Again, I could speak all day. And this is where you right. just know more of the can. mindset. This is where I love. I just think like, I know there's a mortgage broker out there listening right now going, man, why can't I figure it out? Oh, this is so challenging. Oh, this is so hard. You'll never, ever, ever attain what you want with that type of mindset, that type of energy. You have to change what's going on in the inside. Yeah. Thinking is not acting. And that's the difference. And, and truly, that's a psychological or a physiological um, effect of your brain is that when you're thinking and worrying about something, that you think you're taking action when you're not. Well, it goes right. Fear and faith. Fear and faith do not mm -hmm. live in the same house. And you can have fear. And you can't have faith at the same time. Yeah. One or the exactly. other. So who are you, you know, what are you going to let run your life? The fear or the faith? Yep. That's exactly it. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, Kayvon. And um, do you have a, you have a website, right? So yes. Can, let's yes. let's uh, spew if, all if, that information out so everyone can get in touch with you. It's going to make it very simple. If you want to get contacted with me, it's www.kayvon.com. That's www.kay von.com and through there you can get everything you need from me and i hope to hear from every one of you if you want to learn more about sales techniques strategies methodologies and learn how to become the mortgage closer uh, go to my website and contact me wonderful thank you so much and everybody listen thank you again for listening to mortgage lending mastery i'm so grateful and i look forward to chatting with you next time Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.